The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Please visit pod617.com to learn about our podcast production services and view our full lineup of shows. Welcome to a wicked mystery. A paranormal perfect storm known simply as Monsterland. The Monsterland podcast is recorded live in an undisclosed location somewhere in the heart of high strangeness, just outside of Monsterland, Massachusetts. And now, here are your hosts, paranormal author, researcher, and speaker, Ronnie LeBlanc, and the host of the Curse of Oak Island drilling down on the History Channel, Maddie Blake. Greetings, monsters. Of course, that is the sounds of Michael Devon, bassist, singer for Whitesnake. I am often compared to David Coverdale. <laughs> I am the David Coverdale of Paranormal Podcasting, Maddie Blake. To my right, Ronnie LeBlanc. Oh. Hello, Ronnie. Hello, Maddie. How are you, brother? Welcome, monsters, to another edition of Monsterland, the new podcast, uh, the growing podcast, the new bosses of Paranormal. That was a terrible wow. question. We don't, we don't want anyone to boss. Don't, I don't make want to that a shirt. Boss. No, no. Uh, coming up tonight, I cannot tell a lie. I chopped down your cherry tree. Oh, and uh, UFOs are real. Um, jive turkey UFO videos. And an update on a real-life Monsterland case file yeah. going on right now, tonight. Uh, you're going to update us on that. Yeah. I'll have some crazy developments there. Uh, tonight's guest, Grant Cameron, for those of you in the know who follow this stuff, you know who he is. Um, and for those of you who don't know that much about this stuff, Grant Cameron is an author. Uh, what, like 40 years he's been writing books about this stuff? Researcher, yeah. He has been to the White House dozens and dozens of times. He kind of laid out presidential history and UFO sightings. Um he also has recently done unbelievable work, and we talked to him about this in this interview, laying out the fact that disclosure, it's a misnomer when we talk about disclosure and say, well, we're living through disclosure. Right. Um, according to Grant, we've been living through disclosure for a long, yeah. slow since time. The, since the Roswell crash had started. And that Tom DeLong, who we hold up as, you know, n- not to knock on him, but we hold him up as some new phenomenon. He's like, no, no, there's been like, Three or four or five. Right. Tom DeLong. He's, he's seen this. He's over the and over yeah, yeah. Again. yeah. So he gets into all that. It's it's an incredible interview. He's totally full of energy, as you'll hear. Um, I believe his site was presidentialufo.com. Yes. And again, we get into disclosure. Uh, he, for those of you who know, also Leslie Keen, who wrote a book called UFOs, um, which is a seminal book in this area of UFOs. Um, He's got something to say about her that is... I was kind of floored. I was floored, too. I was definitely floored. I couldn't believe he said it about her because she. I am the one who's always going, like, this is kind of the Bible. Like, for any skeptic friends of mine, I'll give him or her Leslie Keene's UFO book um, because she was in New York Times, and she's so level-headed. I think, like, the first page of that book, she says something. I remember highlighting it, and it says, like, uh, you know, and I'm wildly paraphrasing she she worded it of course amazingly better she's a yeah. new york times writer but it said something to the effect of like to the to the question are things flying in our sky that we can't identify that is no longer a question that is factually proven mm. we have these things on radar it's a done deal are they extraterrestrials is a separate question so like that book to me seems super incredibly um 
important. And right. uh, our guest tonight says it's all part of the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, we also get into unbelievable news on portals that he breaks tonight on this show pretty much. Um, he talks about the fact, the mental aspects of this whole UFO Consciousness thing. Consciousness is the Consciousness key. Consciousness is the key. Um, musicians. He also uh, talks about something that he answers the question that we've brought up in this podcast before in previous episodes. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason an alien? Right. So it's a great interview, and uh, we'll get right into it. Uh, Ronnie, what's been up with you lately? Anything new? Well, you know what's uh, kind of interesting is we have a little piece mm. of the set mm. here. Right. What the hell is that? What is so that? this is Howard Street. Okay. And if people know Betty Andreessen, there's like five different books that are written about her from Raymond Fowler. And Betty yeah, yeah. had her first experience. She's a world famous alien abductee. Had her first experience in Lemonster in 1944 when she was seven years old on Howard Street. And I that's was, not the sign. That's the sign. So they had replaced all the signs in Lemonster. Well, I, I was driving by this like yard sale. I saw this awesome telescope. It looked like a $400, $500 telescope. I was like, oh, my God. So I pulled over. And when I went, walked over to it, some old guy's like, I already bought it. You know, 20 bucks. I was like, okay, hands off. Wait a second. I'm like, okay. Hold on. Was this, a, <laughs> was this Jason Rovard? It sounds like I, something wicked this way comes. Like, he was, kid. I was like, I was like all right, calm down, man. <laughs> But then this, uh, they had a bunch of um, street signs and different things, and I was looking at the street signs, and I saw Howard Street like just stood out to me. I was like, holy crap. Did you put two and two together? Yeah, point? instantly. Come on. Instantly. And I was like, oh, i got to grab that. And so I, I snagged it. Well, let's, I, you've yeah. mentioned Betty before on this. But why don't we make her the case file right sure. now? Sure. Why don't we open a case file? We'll talk about let's Betty Dreesen. Because actually, I'm going to pull some sound on her that I found recently, okay. and we'll, we'll get into the whole thing. Let's okay. do it. You are listening to the Monsterland Podcast with Ronnie LeBlanc and Maddie Blake. Now let's open another Monsterland case file. This case file is brought to us by our friends at Squatchachusetts, the Massachusetts regional chapter of the BFRO. You can find them on Facebook. Also to our friends at Pod 617 who put this on their site. And of course, the great and powerful Ian Barrett who runs Media Boss, where we sit. The man. Uh, him, Aaron, the whole team, just incredible media boss for all your needs. If you're in New England, and no matter where you are, if you need something filmed, shot, Facebook Live, whatever it is you need, digitally, media, social media, whatever it is, they are your media boss. Oh, is that why you named it that? Uh, oh, oh, really? Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. All right, let's put it together. Ah, uh, so I just actually stole that when I said, "Well, you're paranormal boss." I didn't even put that. <laughs> See? See? I'm wow. like a comedy thief. Wow. I just, it just. I'm like Robin Williams. I just, yeah, I just take things. Uh, so we're going to get into Betty Andreessen, or as they say, Andreessen, some people say. They, there's all kinds of different pronunciations, I guess. But Betty Andreessen will say, for the, before we get into her, I want to talk very briefly about something that broke recently. Well, I, actually, that's part of it, Ronnie. I don't know when this broke, but it's one of the most stunning videos I've ever seen in my life. Yes. I'm talking about this video right here. And Ian, I don't know if you can get this. If you're watching us, you can find us on YouTube. If you're listening to us, you can find us on YouTube. Can you see that? Yeah. Okay. So what you're seeing right here is a Turkish, you're seeing a still shot from a Turkish video, which was shot in 2008. And it was over the ocean in Turkey and people were seeing lights over the ocean and claiming to see UFOs. Mm -hmm. Well, this guy had a super powerful telescope or camera or something. And instead of just filming the lights, you watch the video, he's filming lights. And it certainly is like every other UFO video you've ever seen. 
compelling. It's amazing because the lights are strange. They're moving strangely. But then he's able to focus in. And zoom in. And when he zooms in, I mean, I lost my breath. If this is faked, it's, it's ridiculous. the greatest thing. So you see an, a metallic-shaped craft and it, what looks like two literally alien heads poking out of it. Which, by the by, we've heard people in ufology claim before, which sounds ridiculous. I saw aliens looking out the portals yep. at me, or I felt like I was being watched looking by aliens. Seeing yes. looking down. Seeing yep. looking down at you. Well, this is video, almost maybe proof of it. It's stunning, and the guy's dog is barking at it. Um, and again, multiple people saw these lights. Now, this article says this has been verified by the Turkish government. Now, this article says... This video was released on June 2nd, 2018, or thereabouts, mm. shot in 2008. So is this the Turkish version of the Tic Tac? I was UFO? just going to say, it seems like, you know, 10, 20 years old here, cases that are coming up, and uh, wow. Can we link this video on our social media? Yeah, okay, we yeah. will do that. Um, I th Oh, you put it on our Facebook page? Yes. Are you I'm kidding? literally chilled to the bone when I watch that. Every time I see it, it just, it's... And it like changes direction. It rotates. It's freaking frightening. <laughs> it's almost. I almost feel like they. This is what these things do. Let's just say it's not faked. Right. I don't know how you fake what he did. <clears throat> I don't know how you would do that. But it's almost like they didn't expect. This is what they do. And the way he changes, the way he's shooting it, because he's shooting it from a distance. Right. And, and it's almost like they didn't expect him to be able to zoom in like he does. Yeah. So they're like, this is what we do. We watch you because we know you can't shoot us. And all of a sudden, like, oh, shit, this guy's got a super telescope. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely frightening. And if this is the type of stuff, you know, and I, I recollect back to, well, John Lear, who never showed up, our guest who never <laughs> showed up. But, but John Lear has said in different interviews, this Tic Tac bullshit you guys are seeing is nothing. Right, right. So you wonder if he saw stuff like this. Yeah. And I'm sure there's even more footage like this that people are sitting on right right well, this was if this was shot in 2008 and released in 2018 and it's yeah. been verified by the turkish government according to this article holy crap right um all right let's get into betty and really quick ronnie give us the bullet points of betty and in her case sure so um this case file is 1944-07 this happened to uh, betty let me guess hold on her first experiences in 1944. <laughs> wow. You got it. I'm catching on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she went under. So people, if they know about Betty Andreessen, Andreessen um, there have been five different books written about her by Raymond Fowler. And she had 14 sessions of regression hypnosis. Yes. Two different lie detector tests, a psychiatric review, character reference check. Both her, Betty, and her daughter, Becky, had experienced UFOs. Uh, and encounters with the, the typical gray uh, aliens that people have seen. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so the inquiry eventually would, would turn into a 528-page account, um, basically saying that these are sane individuals. They both agreed upon the details of the encounters. Um, and the 1972 analysis report on both Betty and her daughter concluded that they were telling the truth with regards to the 1967 incident. And this happened in South uh, Ashburnham, where her whole family was put into suspended animation, mm. and um, they had seen an orange orb at the, at the window. But where it goes way back is in 1944, where she had her first experience. And one of 
this particular experience emerged from this hypnosis session. Right. And, um, and this was in uh, 1980. She was placed under hypnosis, and she relived that experience when she was in Lemonster. She was in her playhouse. She's waiting for her friend to come over, and a bright marble-shaped object flew in to the playhouse, and it affixed itself to her temple. God. And, and so she grew kind of faint, but then she heard a voice, and the voice told her uh, that they'd been watching me. I'm coming along fine. Good progress. I was going to be happy very soon. Other people were going to be happy, getting some things ready to show me, and it wouldn't be until I was 12. So she had her first experience with this orb in Lemonster on Howard Street, and that's Boom. where the sign that's is. That's sign. And I, you know, so cool you got it, that, man. And you know what? I don't know if it's this, 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 you know, was there in 1944. It looks a little bit newer, but. But that's the street and that's the but town. That's the street. It, it, pretty cool. So that's part of our, our set now. So uh, Betty, again, has been, you know, as you said, tested and, and, and some of the biggest names in ufology research have. She's referenced all the time. Validated her story and yeah. tested her. And, and there was one regression therapy session you told me about where weird shit happened where they actually saw an orb and yes. stuff like that. Tell, so talk so, about that real yeah. quick. One of the sessions that they had, and this was in, uh, I believe Boston. And, um, there was another individual that was with them, but they basically were doing the regression. Um, and an orb appeared on the curtain by the window and it appeared for a second. And then kind of like, it was just, I guess, staying there for a little bit and then disappeared. But several witnesses in that room, then said a gray alien appeared in the room for like a, mo a few seconds and then like went invisible, just dematerialized out. And met, you know, there were, I think, three or four different witnesses. And like a this. Bob Luca, I think, was one of them. He was like a former cop, military right. guy. And like these are not yeah. investigators yeah. who like all said, like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence about this stuff. I know what I saw. And they also reported having, uh, Sounds on the hypnosis tape that were musical, which ties into right. <laughs> our guest tonight. Yep. Talks about music and yep. all that. Um, so I went looking for. <laughs> oh gosh, what'd you do? <laughs> I went look. What? Well, I went looking for this hypnosis session. This oh, famous. You're trying to find the video. Yes. Okay. Uh, to my knowledge, it doesn't exist. To my cursory research, uh, which is like two minutes on wikipedia no no i looked i did i did i looked um i think there are audio files that they have from that session right couldn't find them online but what i found was a show called insight um which now again i want to be very careful to point out that we believe betty andreessen's yeah. story we think we hold it up as one of the great abduction cases probably you know top five yeah uh, but this is one of those things where it's like, if you can't laugh at some of this stuff, sometimes, sometimes it's unintentionally funny. Um, <clears throat> it's a show that was filmed, obviously, I think in the probably late 80s or early 90s. Um, and it's basically like picture hypnosis regression therapy sessions on basic access cable. Oh, boy. So it's Betty and this hostess. And uh, Betty's sitting next to her hypnotherapist guy who looks unbelievably like the lead singer of System of a Down. He's like a cross between Borat and System of a Down guy. <laughs> what was his name, Ian? Can we Google that? What was hey, his name? Tev. Tev uh. Have you realized that we reference people that are musicians? Yeah. It's always like Dave Mustaine was the <laughs> right. nasty. What was his name? Tev, Tev something? Oh, yeah. This guy. <laughs> yeah. 
So this guy is sitting next to Betty, <laughs> and she's doing her thing. And at some point in the show, he actually hypnotizes her on the show, which is stunning because she then puts her head on the table. The whole thing's like kabuki theater. It just gets weirder and weirder and weirder. <laughs> I don't think it did her any favors. But first, let, let's. there's a couple clips I wanted to play. Um, okay. One of which, well, here's Betty, just so you, you can hear her voice. Here she is uh, introducing herself. That one of your UFO encounters happened when you were very, very young. Mm -hmm. Can you share some of those details with mm -hmm. us? And did the majority of this come out through hypnosis? That's the host. Well, I had conscious memory of the very first major encounter, uh, the very beginning of it. I was going up to the back field, and there were wooden steps that led up to Where the back field. Where was this, Betty? This was in Westminster, Massachusetts. Now, we sit... Very close to Westminster. Yeah, Westminster actually is part of um, Lumster State Forest. Mosterland. Yeah. Yep. And um, I looked off to the right-hand side, and here was this moon that was getting larger and larger, coming closer and closer to me. I or we could say... An orb. An orb. Yep. I conscious recall of that. Which my own co-host, Ronnie LeBlanc, has seen in that same forest. Yes. And later, right on the regressive hypnosis, I learned that I was picked How up How old were you time. then? I was 13. Okay, so later through regressive hypnosis, she describes how, you know, the details of her abduction came to her through the uh, guy from System of a Down. <laughs> What's his name? Surge. Surge, thank you. God, I knew it. Um, <laughs> now, here's a really compelling, before I, you know, kind of, there are very funny parts of this, because, again, it's like basic access cable, people sitting around a table, you know, uh, it's just hilarious. But But there are some really compelling parts like a caller from Hamden, Connecticut calls into the show and just listen to the, I don't know, we've talked about it before on the show, but like the conviction and the uh, seriousness of, of this sighting. And by the way, there's another sighting that's been lost to history kind of of multiple people in New England seeing a UFO. It was, if I had a rock, I could have hit it with, with a rock. And it was as big as a house, and it was very, it was not making any noise, and it was going slower than I could walk. It was fast. Okay. Let's just back up. So this guy has a sighting. It's bigger than a house. Now, this is in 1980-whatever. There's no drones, by the way. No. It's bigger than a house. And silent. Silently floating. I could hit it with a baseball, and it's moving slower than I could walk. I mean, How can something right? stay in the air like that, you know? If... And they go on to say on this panel that, like, this type of stuff— um, th oh, Excuse me, that particular sighting was seen by hundreds of people in the area. Mm. And again, Ronnie, this is like one of dozens and dozens and hundreds of, yeah. of sightings just in this area. Forget about United States. Yeah, you just put a microscope on this place and it's the history. It goes on forever. It's insane. Now, this is where it gets crazy. <laughs> okay. So, Serge. <laughs> I love how you keep on referring well, to Well, I got to show up. I got to show him. Uh, hold, see, on. Right, hold, on. <laughs> hold on. All right, hold on. Hold on. All right, hold on. I'm going to take the audio off for a second, Ian. Hold on. I'm going to hold this up to the camera. I don't know if the... All right. Ready? Oh, this way? Okay. <laughs> hold on. I'm going to put it on widescreen here. Hold on. If, I'm sorry if you're listening and not watching on YouTube. Is that not the system of doom, guy? The surge! Right? So surge is going to put her under hypnosis now. And weird... Wake up! So... This gets ridiculous, actually. Yes, they were. Right. They are to actually witness yeah. that it had occurred. And that so she puts her head down on the table, and he puts her under, her watching, watching. under <laughs> hypnosis, under a trance. And uh, they actually encourage her 
Here we go. Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right, ready? What you are seeing. Tell us what you're seeing. When I get, when I get, in a moment, I'll hand you a pen. I'll have you open your eyes without affecting your trance. I'll have a pen. Imagine showing us what it is you're seeing so that we can also appreciate it. One, <laughs> No, he didn't start singing. Hold on. So he's giving her a pen now. Ian, can you show this? All right, so she starts under hypnosis still. They say, Betty, show us, draw us some of what you saw on the other side. So she begins to draw in a trance and surge from System of a Down and sitting there creepily. <laughs> and he creepily keeps looking at the other panels like, huh, watch this. Watch this, mother, mother effers. I'm going to show you some shit right now. And so she's drawing and drawing, and it's all very dramatic. And here's what she comes up with. You ready for this? Okay, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh, hold on, sorry. I'm bad at this. Here's to you when you were going. Hold on to that. And we'll be right back with more, right after a message from our sponsors. Stay with Don't us. Don't throw the message. Look at how big her hair is. <laughs> we were fashion lost in the early 90s. Early. And welcome That's the picture. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening to this podcast and not watching, I urge you to go to YouTube. We'll post a picture of this on our Instagram. How do we, how do we classify that alien? I mean, uh, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh I just goodness. found this and I was like, oh, I have to show this to everybody. Uh, but now, now listen. Now listen. Uh, Good luck getting Betty on now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, I could probably get Betty on for season two. Nope. But I totally, I totally believe her. And I believe that the creatures like this may exist. It's just, it's funny. That's no, right. she's, that she she's very good actually, artist. Actually, yeah, we have pictures. Hold on. I can show you more. She actually draws. She's actually obsessed with showing the pictures to the host. The host is trying to like ask her questions. And she's like, yeah, I can't answer that. Picture two is my, like, she's obsessed with showing her drawings. Uh, hold on. I've got that part, too. Uh, oh, yeah, here we go. Here's her showing her drawings. Now, you can see, I'm going to put it on a widescreen, Ian. This is her, Betty's version of the moon. Where I was picked up in 1950. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I was... Uh, brought aboard the craft and I was put through Watch different uh, machines uh, but this one okay. particular one they took me in a room and <laughs> she, was, put me on. she put on the Turkish twist in Canopy Lake Park apparently uh, and spun around in a color wheel on this rubber glass like wheel that turned round and round they put something around my mouth my ears and there was water that dripped down on me as the wheel was now, this is where it gets interesting actually mm. because this reminds me of the Travis Walton thing you know, yeah. liquid and all that. And I know yeah. that was hyped up for the <clears throat> for the but, movie. Yeah, yeah but. rolling round and round, and there was a big window overhead, and I could see out. Uh, it was very dark. We uh, then entered some water, and here is the next picture mm -hmm. of that. See, she wants her to see the pictures. Uh, the window, I could see Here's out the window. the awesome window, picture I drew. Show my pictures, please. Check this one out. And, you keep uh, saying they. How many? How many of these? Humanoids, I mean, what do we call well, these? Well, they uh, were gray beings about three to five feet tall. Where have we heard that before? Uh, outfits had very large eyes, no hair, uh, tiny holes for ears and nose and a slit like that. Did they mouth. speak to you? Did they, I mean, was no, there through mental active? telepathy, Pat. Mm -hmm. yeah. Look at that. And we hear that all the time. And uh, there right. was no one in here. Uh, Always the ESP. While I was on so the there you go. Um, the water and so, yeah, again, it was just funny, but... 
I do believe Chuck her story. It checks out. <laughs> and and there could be these multi-dimensional creatures that look all crazy. But even if I was abducted and saw that, I'd be like, come on, dude. Yeah, right. I'd still be laughing. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't be shrieking in terror. <laughs> uh, okay. So that was uh, the Betty Andreessen story. Uh, we will post all these video links and all the pictures and all that uh, at some point. I won't. Ronnie will. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> all right. Let's get to our guest, <clears throat> the great Grant Cameron. Uh, Grant Cameron has been a UFO researcher for 42 years. His personal sightings led, led him on a lifetime quest to find the person or persons who might know the answer to what he saw in May of 1975. He has authored seven books on the government UFO cover-up, the role of the White House aliens and musicians, and the important role of consciousness in understanding the UFO mystery. He has received two UFO Researcher of the Year awards. He's lectured all over North America and Europe and has appeared on hundreds of radio and TV shows, including a number of appearances on Coast to Coast. We welcome Grant Cameron. Grant Cameron, thank you for stepping into Monsterland. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate your interest in what I'm doing. Oh, we think you're amazing. We think you're probably one of, if not the most underrated people in this whole field. What you've done is stunning and incredible. Um, you know, Ronnie and I on this podcast all the time lately have been talking about the disclosure, quote unquote, that we're living through because we're all fired up about the Tic Tac UFO. But you... Yeah have laid out the case that this has been going on for a long time. Lay out disclosure for us as you see it. Uh, it started back in 1947 when the uh, 4th Air Force approached Kenneth Arnold, gave him a, a couple of uh, 8x11 black and white photographs that looked like gun camera footage, uh, tried to convince him these were UFOs, uh, this is for real. Uh, and you go to 56, Disney does a documentary uh, he's offered film, all this kind of stuff. It's pulled at the very end. The uh, movie UFO that was done in, I believe, 56 as well, had U.S. Air Force uh, people advising them, providing the material. In the 1970s, you have Bob Emenager with a documentary that was, uh, I fully believe, funded by the, by the CIA called uh, UFOs Past, Present, and Future, which on the Internet you can find it as it's called UFOs That Has Begun. 1979. Uh, he's given uh, all sorts of access to uh, very sort of secret uh, places, people, uh, everybody talks to him. They have, they're offered film and they actually still have a top secret uh, U.S. Air Force film of a launch at Vandenberg Air Force Base. Now, uh, now they want a lot of money for it, but they've, hmm. they've got that film. Uh, you have the 1980s, you have Bill Moore, uh, being approached by uh, two people inside uh, uh, U.S. Air Force Intelligence and the Defense Intelligence Agency. Uh, he's given all sorts of access to a bunch of material. Uh, then you have the new MJ-12 documents, 3,700 pages of documents that were leaked to uh, first to Stanton Friedman, then they were picked up by Ryan and Bob Wood. So what I say is going on now is this is just the latest version right. of disclosure. This is this happened over and over again. It's basically the same story. Or you can even go back to a documentary called UFO Cover-Up Live in 1988. And what you see is that the same players that are in this um, uh, game, like, for example, Hal Putoff, uh, John Alexander, Kit Green, uh, all these people were in previous things. They were in uh, involved with the uh, Bill Moore. They were involved with NIDS. They were involved with uh, uh, 
uh, baths. They these guys just they recycle through. Uh, because they're guys who are very interested in in the phenomena. At some point in their career, they've come up against the UFO phenomena, and they're like you and I down the rabbit hole. They're trying to figure this thing out. Mm. So basically, what you have now with this Tom DeLong, the To the Stars Academy, uh, the whole New York Times, Washington Post, Politico uh, drop of material in December is just the same disclosure thing. This time, uh, they've put some steroids in the Kool-Aid. It's a little more uh, in-depth compared to what they've done before. They're a little bit better at doing it. I've uh, got a little bit more control, and I think uh, they may actually be successful this time in getting the story out. Well, so that's my follow-up, Grant, is that if this started in the 50s and they've been slowly trying to kind of figure out how to do disclosure, 50s, 70s, 80s, yep. through Reagan, as you lay out in your book, and now we get all excited, the general public gets all excited about the Tic Tac video, you just see that and go, well, yeah, this is the latest version, and, and they're getting better at it. Do you think with social media and the New York Times, do you think this one has more impact than the other ones? Yeah. What, what they've done this time is they have sort of bypassed the UFO community. I've sort of made the joke that they've fired the UFO community. <laughs> what they've done, and you can see this was first brought up by uh, Bob Bigelow, the big aerospace billionaire in Las Vegas. He did an interview with George Knapp in 2013. In that interview, George Knapp asked him, and you got to remember, he's the guy that basically controls all the material. George Knapp said, are you in favor of disclosure? Bob Bigelow said in 2013, no, I'm not. Hmm. I'm in favor of confirmation. You say this thing's for real and you stop right there. Then years down, a couple of years down the road, then you can start to talk about what it is. You can start to do uh, disclosure, but you need confirmation. So what happened on December 16th uh, in these three major newspapers that all went on the same morning with the same story is you have confirmation. What they're saying is this thing's for real that's it. We're not saying it's extraterrestrial. We're not saying it's uh, ET. Uh, we're not saying anything about aliens and this sort of thing. We're just saying it's a real phenomena, and they've stopped right there. And what they've done is they've gone through the major media because they're working it like a, um, a campaign, like a, an election campaign. If you're a Republican, you don't go after the Democrats. If you're a Democrat, you don't go after the Republicans because they're not voting for you. What you're doing is you're going after the swing voters. So what they've done is they've gone through the major media, especially in New York Times, because when something happens in New York Times, then everybody says, oh, it's for real, because New York Times covered the right. story. So what they're doing is they're moving that 50% of people who really are sitting on the fence, that really don't know, and what they're doing is they're moving those to the yes column. Grant, um, you talk about the five messiahs, um, the, the five chosen ones, right, that, that are coming forward with disclosure, and Tom DeLong being one of them. Do you think he's really going to be successful? I, I find it amazing that your book, Managing Magic, came out what, February of 2017, and you're talking about DeLong and talking about Trump, and now here we are uh, a year and a half later, and we're, we're seeing it in full swing. Do you think he's going to be successful with this, uh, his part of it? Um, well, I think they're, they are very successful already. They have yeah. really uh, moved the ball, I think, down the field in terms of uh, people sort of acknowledging. For example, if you look at uh, they're, as I said, they're not coming to the UFO community and they're not going to small podcasters. Right. What they're doing is you're just sticking to major media. Hey. What you see with the major hey. media. <laughs> the hell, Grant? <laughs> well, they're not talking to me. Well, they're not talking to me either. Right. So don't worry about it. <laughs> 
and and so uh, because what have what's what they want is they have what's what they've used since the Vietnam War is embedded journalists. Right. So you have Leslie yeah. Kane. I maintain Leslie Kane's an embedded journalist, you, and you, that whoa, George whoa, whoa, Knapp whoa. is playing the embedded journalist. So they're they're putting people who aren't going to ask the hardball questions that they're indirectly feeding material to these people to get it out. Wow. And like you and I would ask them all sorts of questions, like you know what's the name of the program? Why is this all messed up? This sort of thing. That's the kind of stuff they don't want. So they're managing the program that way. And they, they put it through Tom DeLong. And I think it's been, I think, very successful in terms yeah. of um, getting the message out to the population, which is what they what they want to do. Unbelievable. Leslie Keene, you mentioned, which yeah. <clears throat> we, you know, many people who, that book she wrote, uh, many people who were on the fence maybe, or even just atheistic about it or complete yeah. deniers read that book and went, oh my God because of the way she seemed so secular about it. And look, I'm not saying it's aliens, but this is a phenomenon that's working. And, and you, you feel like she's actually kind of doing their bidding? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, that's why they used her. I mean, that's why they brought her in, because uh, she will uh, do the interviews. Um, she has, you know, the access to the New York Times and stuff. And she won't go sort of rogue and start, you know, questioning things and, and doing that kind of stuff. Uh, so she got access. So you take a look. Uh, Lou Alessandro quits the very next day he, she's interviewing him. If you look at the New York times, wow. December 18th issue, she basically, or in the 16th, she spells out or in an interview, she spells out. She said, basically we were in a room. They showed me the, they showed me videos. They showed me letters from Reed. Uh, they, the story was basically laid out for us. Mm. So she's basically handed the story on the December 18th, New York times. They basically say it was not Lou Elizondo. There was a, 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 a number of former and present intelligence officials and a contractor in that room. So there was a bunch of people and they were not only feeding Leslie Kane, they were feeding uh, like the, the other New York times reporters and the Washington post guy who had two Pulitzer prizes and the mm. guy from political. And people always forget this, that there was three major newspapers that all went on the very same, same day, day. Right. of a story that would take two months to research. So this was a setup story. Wow. These, these reporters went inside the Pentagon. They were given confirmation that this thing's for real, which the UFO community hasn't got. They were given mm. confirmation. Yes, things, this thing's for real. That's why they ran with the story. And then when we try to confirm it, we can't confirm it. But it's I, it's a brilliant move that they were able to move this very sort of secular, skeptical media, the major media, who would never do it. None of these stories, none of these major medias ever did a story on UFOs. They, they were always very skeptical of it. You have laid out <clears throat> an incredible history of United States presidents uh, from George Washington on uh, presidents witnessing UFOs and you say that they know exactly what's going on. I'm wondering what you think. Let's skip to the future or, or to the present rather um, and the future. When you see President Trump coming off the heels of this Tic Tac UFO and everything we've laid out here, when you see him stand up and say, we are going to build a space force, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's, I, I talked about this in a, in a lecture in Vancouver, which got a little, little heated and controversial. Mm. Um, what I say, the, the, the real drawback to disclosure is that there are a lot of people, and Ty, I refer to Tom DeLong being very negative about ETs. He says, UFOs are bad news. Yeah, evil uh, aliens. That's right? the way it is. Get used to it. 
Um, he he refers to them like demonic things, you know, that they're doing all this kind of stuff. And there's a lot of people in the UFO community that believe this. So when you get disclosure, and it, it's it's not only that there are ETs out there, but that ETs are here. What you're going to have is a situation where you're going to have a certain percentage of the people who are going to say, this is like uh, Muslims or Mexicans with high-tech weapons. We have to stop them. They cannot come into our airspace. They cannot do this kind of stuff. Shoot them down. And that's what is the big fear. I say, if, if, if even if you believe there are 1% of aliens that are evil, you have to shoot everything down. You have no choice. You can't say, okay, well, that's probably one of the good guys. Everything that moves in our airspace, we're going to shoot down. And so that, to me, is the big drawback. We're going to have the ultimate false flag that we're going to say we have to, you know, have a $2 trillion uh, budget and we have to start shooting this stuff down. And you know, you're not going to be able to shoot them down, number one. And number two, they can just totally wipe us off the map it's just absolute stupidity that is the big drawback of full disclosure as far as i'm concerned wow wow grant let's talk portals <laughs> <laughs> um you you mentioned uh about in your book managing magic about this portal that's apparently off of the georgia's coast uh st Catharines island and that trump is supposed to go through this portal and i guess nixon or carter has been rumored to have gone through this type of portal before can you elaborate on that? Okay, I can I can talk a little bit about. There, there's been a development just in the last uh, week Great. and a half on this. Um, a lot, most of the stuff is being put out by Dr. Ronald Pendolfi, who's rumored to be the guy who runs the CIA right. Weird Desk, the Phenomenology Desk. The idea that it's all the same stuff, whether it's remote viewing, psychic phenomena, near-death experiences, ghosts, all it's all the same thing. Yeah. It's this what they call phenomenology. It's this higher level of consciousness type experiences and so ron pandolfi's been putting out this story and i've been watching him for about 20 years mm. and he sort of pretends like he's the the mad hatter he says a really a lot of really crazy stuff but he kept talking about this portal thing and they were talking about uh various things you talked about the one off the coast of of georgia where supposedly he told dan smith who's sort of his guy who leaks this stuff into the into the ufo community that um there there may have been a portal there and they had an actuator but the main portal that they seem to be references is to uh, the desert that there's something in the desert there's this portal and uh, this portal technology and the problem was with ron pandolfi you really can't really tell whether this thing's for real mm. now what the one development was he has a guy who is working for him by the name of kevin albert who's helping ron and he went to see joe firmage now if you know the joe firmage story Joe Firmage was a dot-com executive, had a, about a $2.5 billion corporation, had this experience with a being in his room. And um, he said to the being, I want to be able to go to outer space. I want to be able to travel in space. And the being says to him, why should we help you? And he said, because I'm willing to die for it. Well, Firmage quit the company, and he had a lot of money. And there's rumors that he's put $100 million into this program to build technology, which is uh, energy um, technology, uh, tapping into the zero point field, and also the portal technology. Now, about a week and a half ago, Ron Pendolfi's wife, whose name is Aliyah, and a friend of mine by the name of Doug Alt had a, a go-to meeting. There was only 16 people at it. 
I was able to tape the conversation and I'm going to put this on my website. My website Great. is about to go back up. It was down for a while. Presidentialufo.com. I'm going to put up what Joe Firmage said, because this is the first time Joe Firmage has actually gone public and talked in probably 15 years. Wow. And the whole story is that Firmage is working on this portal technology. And he does use the word portal. He does. He talks about this uh, control of inertia, uh, working on uh, angular momentum, changing it to directional momentum and all, the, all these technical stuff of what they're actually doing in Salt Lake City. This is where they're building this thing. Uh, they're trying to get funds for this thing. The CIA apparently is backing this thing. And he does use the word portal. So there mm. is this idea that there may be some portal uh, technology involved in this. And the one thing that I did show uh, is I have the only video of Ron Pandolfi actually talking about a portal. And apparently he was very furious when when I got this. He put it up on his wife's YouTube channel, and I clipped a little piece where he's talking about portals. That's the only time he's ever been caught on film talking about UFOs or wow. portals. So I do believe there's something to this. Well, Grant, Ronnie and I had a sighting together, and yeah. it was my first. I've, I've, I've had paranormal experiences, but this is my first UFO experience, and I was with Ronnie. Yeah. And the what we saw itself was nebulous. In other words, you could convince me that what we saw physically with our eyes was, say, a satellite or whatever, a star, whatever. Yeah. But it was the feeling that Ronnie and I had together and the fact that we both saw it at the same time that... The timing of it, too. The timing of it, the whole thing. In other words, in other words, the mind consciousness of it, which is kind of the thing you can't measure. And so for me, it was a true experience. It was a UFO experience because of that. And that's something that I wouldn't be able to quantify with someone with nuts and bolts or talk to a scientist. But I just know that Ronnie and I saw this thing at the exact same time, and we both had that feeling about it. And you say that the U.S., I think this is correct. I remember in one of the speeches you gave that the U.S. was telling Canada about this mental aspect of it, like back in the 50s. Is that correct? Was there a document or yeah, something? In, in November of 1950, it was written in a top-secret Canadian government document, which the Canadian government doesn't deny exists. <laughs> mm. It's incredible. This has been going on a long time. And, and what's yeah, amazing? That's the thing is, is why do, how do the... Uh, that's the most important one of the the thing where we said we were also told by American officials that other things might be associated with the flying saucers, such as mental phenomena. And it's a critically important because that's before Adamski appeared. Adamski mm. would not appear till nine days after the detonation of the hydrogen bomb. Betty and Barney Hill would not appear till the 1960s. And nobody was talking to aliens. Nobody knew that aliens were telepathic. So how did the Americans know to tell the Canadians that mental phenomena was involved? All there was was these UFOs flying around. There was nobody talking to aliens and stuff. And it was probably because they recovered a live alien at Roswell, New Mexico, and the alien was talking in their heads. And that's why they did, I believe they did the MK Ultra, all this sort of stuff. It wasn't they wanted to drug people and stuff like that. They realized that consciousness was a key component, that you could talk in people's heads. You could, you could do this kind of stuff. And that's the experience that you guys had. And that's why I say that in order to understand the UFO phenomena, you have to talk to the people who are encountering the intelligence behind the phenomena. You cannot. You can watch all the all the, the Nimitz videos you want for the next 70 years. All you're going to be able to determine, yeah, it's something very strange, and we probably didn't build it. But right. it's not until you talk to the people that are interacting with the phenomena who will say, they're talking in my head, they're giving me messages – 42% of all experiencers say they have technical, mathematical, or scientific material in their head that they did not learn in school. 40% of all experiencers say at one point during their experience, they knew the answer to everything in the universe. This is where the answer is. You've got to talk to people, and you start. have to start going, no matter whether you think it's an anecdotal story, as are UFO sightings, no matter what you think. You can test them. You can 
put them under lie detectors, but that's where we have to go. We've got to start talking to the people who claim that they're interacting with this phenomenon because they will, unlike the government, they will tell you what's going on. They will tell you what's in their head and there is very direct patterns of what they're experiencing and they're being given answers. We are being led by this phenomena and with your your experience i believe the other thing that we have to remember with the ufo phenomena it's not random people we we the, the scientific right. world tells you it's a meaningless random universe it's just background noise consciousness and illusion all this kind of nonsense it's not a random world you have a ufo sighting why do you have a why do ufos have lights so you can see them they want you to see them when you see a UFO. You're part of the game because when they abduct people, they can turn off the lights and nobody sees them. If they want to cloak themselves, they can. When you see them, they're not cloaking themselves. They want you to see them. It's all a part of what I call uh, the circus and the message. So they do the circus. You see it. You go, holy cow, and you tell everybody about it. And it you it doesn't leave your head. You, you get obsessed with the thing, and then they give you the message, and people run around with the message. So the, the sighting is a very important part of what they're doing. And to that end, Grant, I actually started saying to it, and Ronnie was right next to me, I go, show us, show us, show us. And when I started saying that, it started changing color in a very dramatic exactly. way. So Yeah, if you've, if you've seen, I've got an interview. I, I just did um, um, my, my radio show. I've got it on my YouTube, White House UFO YouTube. I have a guy from Hollywood, and this guy has two direct family members who have stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He's Whoa. a big-time in this big time family uh he had the same thing he sees this ufo in nine months ago he said that's a ufo and the thing started to flash it started to make colors or whatever this guy's getting direct messages and he said to the beings he said and that's why i tell people if you are if you are interacting getting message from the beings or from the crap the thing you've got to do is it's trying to contact you it's trying to talk to you so you got to quiet your mind and you got to try to communicate so that's what i told this guy and his name is chris and I said, you got it. And so what he said to them, he said, okay, if you're a, uh, an alien or whatever you are, put something in my head that I don't already know. And he said in his voice, in his head, he heard the word biocentrics. <laughs> and he went, what the heck is that? And he went home and he Googled it. He had no idea what it was. That is, I absolutely maintain, it's the same download I got in 2012. Wow. That's how it works. That's what the, the reality is. The, one of these theory of everything things. It's one of the top biologists in the world. Uh, a guy who cloned the first extinct species. Uh, his name is Dr. Robert Lanza, writes a book. Chris contacts him and Lanza said, I'm a scientist. I can't go there, but I can tell you I've had experiences like yours. He writes this book called Biocentrics and then Beyond Biocentrics. And Chris is now going to do a documentary. And Biocentrics basically says life is primary. Life creates the universe, not the other way around. Consciousness is primary, not matter. Time and space are illusions. It's this uh, almost like the holographic universe idea. Mm. And so that would be the book I tell people, if you want to know what this thing's all about, you talk to this guy who probably had UFO experiences, one of the top, the New York Times called him one of the top three scientists in the world who has written this book. And uh, that is how I think it works. If you read the book Biocentrics. Grant, uh, we've kept you longer than we said we would. Uh, Ronnie, one last question, then I'll give one last question. Sure. We'll let you go. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. Yeah, you, you've uh, done a lot of research, too, with musicians and their connection yeah. to uh, UFOs and, and abductions, but also getting songs and talk about the, the moody blues. Um, why do you think that is? I think you talked a little bit about like the right hemisphere and, and yeah. uh, musicians, but if you can talk and elaborate about that a little bit. 
Yeah, if you look at uh, the research was done by uh, Robert Le uh, Roger Lear, who did the 17 implant removals. Yep. Yeah. Um, he, he stated, he was asked, what's common between all the people who you took implants out of? He said, number one, they're all right brain creative people, which defines musicians. And number two, all implants are on the left side of the body. And the reason I say the implants are on the left side of the body is they're going after the right brain. The left brain is your rational analytical brain that says, ah, oh, that wasn't a UFO. That's you're just imagining that. I'm not hypnotized. That's garbage. You know, it's it's a little voice that keeps talking, the little skeptical, you're an idiot, you don't know what you're talking, you know, that sort of thing. If you can quiet that, which a musician can, you can quiet it whether it's through psychedelics, through meditation, through however they do it, you can the right brain is what interacts with the cosmic universe hmm. and so that's why the implants are on the left side of the body because the right brain runs the left side of the body and the, the the vice versa so they're interested in the right brain they're not really interested in our left rational analytical brain and you can actually see that when they do the fear tests like you'll see aliens doing fear tests aliens really don't have any fear if you look at jill bolte taylor who is a, a neuroanatomist at harvard university has a brain hemorrhage she said when her left brain shut down for eight weeks there was absolutely no fear in her in her in her mind it did not exist and you can see with aliens they're doing these things with fear they're they're testing the right brain left brain thing so that's what musicians are they're they're able to disassociate which is what 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 mediums do what psychics do what uh, meditation does is you're able to dissociate shut down the rational ego mind and disassociate tap in then you can tap into that thing so they're pulling these songs back the same as i wrote a book called inspired where i do uh, i think 13 nobel prizes that came the same way they, they didn't rationalize it just popped into their head huh. or artists or uh, all these sort of things it's the ability to shut down the left brain go into the into the field and pull back whatever it is that's why it's so important that 40% uh, of all experiencers say at one point during their experience they knew the answer to everything in the universe that's higher self that's in, in mystical uh, literature higher self all the answers are there it's the ability to to get out of the physical mind go there get the information and pull it back almost like edgar casey the famous psychic Unbelievable. This UFOs of a New York nine too surprised, Grant. <laughs> that was my terrible John Lennon. Um, Grant, uh, my... Well, you, you met, you're talking about John Lennon. Now. Yeah. yeah. Actually, Yoko Ono said, music is like channeling. Yeah, man. And he mm -hmm. saw one over in New York City and drew it. And the list of musicians that you detail too, seeing UFOs is yeah. stunning. Uh, my last question is an A-B. It's just simple, but I've always wanted to know what you think about this. A, did George Washington see a UFO? And B, <laughs> did Nixon really take Jackie Gleason and show him an alien under glass? Uh, well, this, I'll do the second one first. We okay. were the ones that I was the one that set up the interview with uh, uh, Gleason's second wife. Uh, uh, what, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. He's now dead out of Ohio, did the interview for me. Uh, he said um, she, the way she was talking, she... I said, absolutely. Either he was running around with some woman, something serious had happened. He was absolutely sort of um, uh, floored by when he came home that night. Yes, I believe that did happen, wow. that, that he was shown. I heard other stories about Nixon being very much into UFO stuff and that, that Gleason had this very close connection. As to um, Washington, that's when you get into this thing about uh, how we how we associate things. As John Wheeler, the, the guy that, that came up with the idea of black holes, wormholes, said, he said, it's a participatory universe. The, the matter does not 
appear until there's an observer. You are manifesting what you see. And so in a lot of cases, you're going to, you can interpret it as fairies. And then when it comes to the space age, then you interpret it as, um, as uh, aliens, this sort of thing. You have a great uh, amount of material in your head that you are uh, using to interpret what you're seeing. Grant Cameron, uh, just awesome. stunning stuff. The new book, Managing Magic. I'm holding it up now to the camera. Uh, the government's UFO disclosure plan. Uh, Grant, we we want to have you back on. You're you're incredible, and uh, keep up the good work, brother. Well, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Grant. What up, gangsters? From Pod617.com, it's Shawshanked, the podcast. I'm your host, Uncle Buck. Nick Stevens. You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. Matty Blake. Come on, do it. Kill me. It's Georgie Kip. This movie has everything. Kiss masks. Lee Trevino. Shawshanked. Movies that you get Shawshanked by. Shawshanked. I guess I just miss my friend. Shawshanked. Make sure to check for new episodes of Shawshanked regularly at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. In pod, we trust. You are listening to the Monsterland Podcast with Ronnie LeBlanc and Maddie Blake. If you have questions or an experience to share, please send us your monster mail now at monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Now it's time for Monster Mail. Okay, Ronnie, tonight's Monster Mail for our pen ultimate episode of season two <clears throat> comes from Instagram, actually. It doesn't have to just be the email that Mike New, our voice guy, read. Yep. By the way, I keep forgetting to thank Mike New. Our voice guy. Oh, he's incredible. Unbelievable. Um, I get the chills hearing his voice. Yeah, man. He's the voice of, <laughs> by the way, and just point of interest, if any of you are into voiceover and radio and a lot of people listen to podcasts are, Mike New is one of the top 20 guys in, in the world for voiceovers. He does trailers overseas. He's the voice of ExxonMobil, Fox Sports, NBC Sports, like NHL and NBC. He's like the real the deal. Man. So the fact that we've got him is, is phenomenal. And he, and he does it for beer, which is even better. <laughs> so... Um, our email comes from Instagram. We are Monsterland, Monsterland Pod uh, on Instagram. Can I can I interrupt you? Yes, can I give please. you an update really quick on on Tom. Hold all right. Yes, perfect. Before we get to that, okay. You received so so going back. We talked about a real live case file in Monsterland That's going on now. Developing as we're we called him this. Tom. It's a guy you know. Yeah. He saw a silent craft flying over his house. He got so pissed thinking they were drones or not knowing what they were. Calls a cop. Cop comes. They see, for all intents and purposes, a UFO. Right. So he described it as a, a diamond-shaped craft. Thinks they're drones because why is he going to think they're UFOs, right? <clears throat> yeah, he's been yeah, silent, right? Yeah. And he's been watching these things, multiple ones, and it it seems to be that on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights between 9 and 11 p.m. is when these things are happening. But he also, and he just had a sighting, you know, last night, another one, and took a picture of it, which we will put up. Um, you can see it's almost like a boomerang-shaped object. Holy there's no real um, lights emanating from this. So right away, there's two factors here. You're talking about silence. Drones are not silent. And the second thing is you would see some kind of lights right, on this. Um, the police officer has, has you know, revealed that he's had some experiences before, but also that I guess there's some kind of uh, with the elevation that these drones can't be above 400 feet or something right, to that effect, right. right? Where they're at, they're at 1,100 feet. 
So these things shouldn't even be operating in that space. And it's complete darkness. These things are flying around. So there's something going on. And you told me you asked him some questions. He won't come on the show still. We've been trying to get him to come on the show. But he will answer some of your text questions. Could right. you read maybe a couple of the sure. responses yeah. from him? Again, this is Tom, a name we're using for someone that you know in Lemister State Forest going through this experience right now. I think it's important. We talk about the stuff in theory. This is going on right now. Uh, give me a question that you asked him and how he responded. I'm dying to know. Um, <clears throat> so let's see. Um, he won't get mad, right, if we read this? No, no. Um, I asked him, you know, just describe your feelings during these events. You know, are, are you feeling... That's a great question because... fear? Or? Right, because if it's just a drone or something, like, why do you call it, like, yeah, is he feeling connected to these at all? Right. Or, or? Um, so I tried to take a picture of the blinking drone... Uh, light as it was moving above the tree line. Very difficult to have my camera focus. Um, tough to estimate the distance, but maybe a few miles away. Uh, aimed and shot the picture and then switched to video. Um, he didn't realize it until later that night that he captured some sort of light in the still picture and, and that craft, which we'll show. That's the boomerang. Craft. Yeah, it seems to have a curved shape and yeah. pretty odd. Um, so in regards to feelings is as far as feelings I I did not have any any feelings about this there was no kind of like powerful kind right. of connection these flying lights drones UFOs who knows whatever they are they tend to fly around quite often and my wife has actually seen them multiple times also mm. um, and there was something a little different in this video that he's going to send uh, along um, you could hear like screeching sounds which he he confirms were uh, was some kind of a hawk or something okay and there when that happens the animals are kind of warning there's something mm -hmm. around and like dogs barking on the turkey video and it's interesting yeah and it's interesting that it's a hawk right because it's something is flying around that's almost a predator to it that it's screaming yeah, you know like yeah. warning signs but he's saying it's um he doesn't he there's no kind of evil or or, or peaceful feeling about okay. it but he's just dumbfounded that this okay. is going on continually. All right, so we will keep monitoring that situation. Um, and actually, you mentioned sounds and warnings. Perfect segue into this monster mail. Yeah. Uh, again, from Instagram, comes from Gad, uh, at, Gad Nath, uh, at Gad Nathan. He says, guys, ever look into the horn sounds from the sky? Mm. Some people claim it has ties to end times. Sure. Others believe it's a hoax. So, Ronnie, what do we know? And, and I, I looked into this a little bit, but what do we know about these sounds? Uh, well, in the, in the book of, in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, talks about the end times. And a lot of people feel that we are in the beginning of the tribulation period. And one of the signs <clears throat> is, you know, looking up to the skies. But also when you hear the trumpets sound is the sign that the tribulation period has begun, which is supposed to be like seven years, whatever. Mm. And so people have captured these weird trumpet sounds. And I will say this, um, a friend of mine that's from Lemonster um, actually organi helps organize the New England UFO Conference, um, had an experience driving to work and heard one of these trumpets in Get out. Lemonster. Get out! S Hold on. I swear. So we add this to the list of high strangeness around yes. this area. Yeah. And, um, Damn it. He he said he rolled down the window and he could he could hear it like through the car with the windows up and he rolled the window down and, and he couldn't figure out what 
where it was coming from, but he said it sounded similar to these other videos that he's heard of the trumpets being sound, sounded. Um, but one thing I found interesting is um, what if the other sign of it is maybe not the trumpet sound, but when the Trump sounds, and now we have Trump in uh, office. It freaked me out. Right? Like, Someone else said that one of the prophecies in, uh, I don't know if it was Nostradamus, some, or, no, it wasn't Nostradamus, it was one of the big guys said that tr before Trump was elected, there was an article that was that went viral, and he said Trump will be the last president, the last U.S. president ever, for all really? time. Yeah, before he was elected. Wow, that's a little freaky. You just freaked me out with the. All right, so yeah. I looked yeah. into this, uh, Nathan, and uh, I think it's Nathan Gad. I think I said his name wrong. Um, <clears throat> but so when you look up this information, it brings you down a rabbit hole of Bible prophecy, basically. Right. As soon as you start searching. Um, end time sound or horn sounds of sky. It's just Bible prophecy, Bible. So it's very hard to navigate through that. Um, there's all kinds of theories. Nobody knows basically is the answer. What the hell is going on? There have been, there have been cases that have been identified as being able to be explained, but many more have not. Um, and what I did found, however, uh, what I did find, excuse me, however, is the most recent video I could find of sound. Mm of these horns and it's chilling. So here you go. This was uh, 2000, j just very recently actually, uh, here are the chilling sounds of what could perhaps be, if you believe this stuff, the end times. I mean, it's stunning. I kind of like it. Love it. I'm ready for end times with this one. <laughs> All right, here it is. <clears throat> it's a nice callback joke. I'm a comedian. Okay. <clears throat> this was posted uh, April of 2018, and this is freaky. This guy's, it looks like England, I think. And uh, just listen to how haunting yeah, this Close is. your eyes and listen. Yeah, this is real. This is, so this is uh, 2018, April. <laughs> That. Sounds like Godzilla. Yeah, it does. I'm literally getting the chills right now. I That's freaking me it. out, man. And he's he's panning in on the sky, like trying to figure out what the hell's going on. What the? I mean, that is, that is, that's not even horns. And you know what Ian brought up just a little while ago when we talked about God. trumpets is the wall of Jericho in the Bible. They brought it down with sound by using right, the trumpets. Right. So I just find that, uh, and a lot of people think that even um, a lot of the stone structures were built using sound to levitate the stones and all this stuff, but. There's only one thing we can do to counteract it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has been another episode of the Monsterland Podcast. Thank you to Ian Barrett, Media Boss, Pod 617. Surge. Surge, Mike New, Whitesnake, Michael, Michael Devin, Devin, Squatchachusetts. You are monsters. Please keep in touch. Follow us. Next week, Nancy Redstar. Incredible interview with her. Awesome. 
great song. Let's just leave with this. Until then, remember, Monsterland is not just a place. <laughs> it's a space. <laughs> and if you are hypnotized, try to do a better drawing job. <laughs> People will take you much more seriously. Monsterland out! Church of Meeks!